Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. Ultimately, by having more of the operational mindset, I was able to like crush my quota. Uh, within the first three months that I was there, I helped the company earn $130,000 um, in, in revenue. And then because of that, I started teaching the other members of the team how to be successful. This is Sales Ops Demystified the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales ops onto the show to deconstruct the what, why, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by EBSA, a revenue intelligence platform used to identify risk in the pipeline and score customer engagement and is sponsored by the Global Sales Operations Association and the UK Revenue Operations Network. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. Today we're joined by Crystal Dial, who is currently the Director of Sales Operations and Enablement, I believe, at Capacity. Now, we love to have people come onto the show with a whole range of different previous experiences. Sometimes we have people that have been in the sales ops game for 20 years, some just a little bit less, say two years, and some with a, a wide variety of backgrounds before coming to sales ops. And so this, I think, is going to be an interesting uh, version of those cases. So Crystal... Welcome to the show. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Awesome. So let's first um, go back to your experience. Before coming in to work within sales, I believe, while calling to LinkedIn, that you had your own business. I did. Yes. Yes. So I I started out as a, a young personal trainer. So right out of high school, I wanted to get certified because... Just health and fitness was something I was really, really passionate about. And so I was like, by the time I turn 18, I'm going to be certified. And so I did that. And then I applied at the local gyms in my area. And so I got a job right away. And I didn't realize at the time that the job was sales. I got into it and I I was like, oh, you just get your clients. This is great. But then I realized that, oh, you have to sell your services in order to get clients. And so I learned very quickly that in order to to get clients and have uh, a repeatable business, you had to have a repeatable sales process. So that's when I started dipping my toes into quote-unquote sales operations, even though I didn't realize that's what it was at that time. That's super interesting. So one of the first realizations you had when you had to actually go and sell your own services was that you need a process. Yes. Yes. So I, I guess then after... Because you you came into the world, of the, I guess, the world of, of working in organizations as an SDR. 
right? This yes. back in 2015. And so you must have, I assume, hit the ground running and you must have been absolutely crushing it from all the, the previous sales experience. Yeah, um, that, that is kind of what happened, not to toot my own horn. But, um, but basically, when I decided to make the switch from personal training to the business world, it was really more about like financial reasons. Um, I was doing okay at my, in my job, but I wanted more of a stability. I wanted to start a family. And so I wanted to venture into something that uh, could provide that for us. And so when I found my previous company, they were like, Hey, we're going to pay you a really big base salary. And we're going to pay you if you get opportunities. And we're going to pay you if it closes. And I was like, so you're going to pay me that much money to make phone calls? <laughs> okay, I'm in for it. And so when I, I uh, joined that company, I had a, a great um, just management um, and just like mentorship there that really helped me really understand how to take my sales processes from personal training and really apply them to the business world. So I started learning about frameworks. I started learning about how to track and report and then how to build these metrics into reports. And so ultimately, by having more of the operational mindset, I was able to like crush my quota. Uh, within the first three months that I was there, I helped the company earn $130,000 um, in, in revenue. And then because of that, I started teaching the other members of the team how to be successful. And so naturally, that brought me into a management role. They're like, hey, if you can teach your colleagues this, like, let's bring you into a management role. And so from there, um, that's when I really started to... Um, to really just start honing in on these these additional skills. Yeah, yeah, because your time spent as a rep for the previous business was about a year, right? And mm -hmm. so you you got pushed into management pretty fast. And I mean, potentially it's almost like your work as a personal trainer selling to clients was almost like practice for coming mm -hmm. into the, the business world. Would you agree? And then when oh, you yeah. came into the business world, you were just like unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so then I got recruited over to the current company that I'm at, Capacity, and um, I got recruited to be the business development manager. And one of the first things I noticed was that there were some processes in place, but they just could have been better. And so just tracking and visibility just weren't there. And uh, like uh, commission for just like meeting set would just take hours of time. We were still doing a spreadsheet. Some was in Salesforce. And so it was just not streamlined. So I helped implement just really quickly, like, okay, like this is how you set meetings. And this is the commission report that we look at. There should be no questions asked as long as you're paying attention to every single meeting that you're setting. And um, just being able to have that in place, it really just helps um, just everybody involved, the sales reps, accounting, uh, to help streamline that. And so I think that was the moment where my company was like, hey, I think there's something special with her. Let's move her into a sales ops role. Got it. So what I like to do now is dig into, into capacities, sales, well, actually revenue function and understand the components and understand where you fit and, and what you're working on. So first off, how roughly what is the size of the sales team? So we have um, six members of our sales team. Cool. And is there a split between SDRs and AEs or is everybody the same, has the same role? Yeah. So we actually have three different functions. We have territory managers who are doing more of the enterprise sales and they are aligned with an ISR, which is an inside sales rep, where effectively they're helping in their target accounts. And then we have our account executives who target more of like the, the mid-market businesses. Awesome. And so then your remit 
is to essentially equip the six individuals uh, as effectively as possible. Yes, exactly. My job is to support them as much as I possibly can. Awesome. Do you have any oversight or influence on service and marketing or are you just solely focused on sales? So my role for 2020 was purely focused on the sales side of it. And so going into 2021, I am overseeing all of revenue operations. So we just hired somebody who is doing marketing operations, but she reports directly to me so that we can get our Marketo and Salesforce instance um, as fluid as possible. And then um, also overseeing the bridge between sales and client success so that we can also see the the just the relationship there to make sure that from the moment somebody comes into our system to the moment they are closed and then the customer support afterwards. So is your title going to change from director of sales ops to director of revenue operations? Yes. Awesome. Is there a customer support operations person or is there just the head of customer support that you'll that will either report into you or be working with you? I will be working with the like the director of um, customer support. Her name is Sammy. And so her and I will work really closely to help track whatever she needs to see in the system to help enable her team more successfully. Awesome. What were the a couple of key things that you did within the sales operation in 2020 that you think had a significant impact on the productivity of the reps or, or the amount of revenue generated? So really... Um, with like the sales operation side of things, it really just came to just like the tracking and accountability of things. And so in 2020 and late 2019, we were, you know, we, we brought in Marketo, we brought in Outreach, we brought in Lane 4, we, ha- we had Discover Orb, we also had Zoom Info. And so really a lot of it was teaching the team how to use these tools and like how to use them effectively. And so it's, it's a little bit of a slow churn when you have a lot of different tools that you have to help implement, but also help teach the team how to use the most effectively. So I look at 2020 as like a huge year of like, like building. And then 2021 is going to, the goal is to help just reinforce and govern over the, all those processes that we've built in 2020. So, you know, just things from like making sure that people are in, outreach and in Salesforce and how to get them there as quickly as possible without taking up too much time out of their day. And so there's instances where people will be in like a Gmail thread and all those people don't always make it into Salesforce or outreach. So how do they quickly get those people from one platform to the other without creating a lot of manual work? Awesome. And this is... But before you joined, was there another sales ops person or were you the first sales ops person in the business? So we had somebody who was working in like a marketing operations role um, and laid a lot of great groundwork down. Uh, and the company also worked with um, a sales consultant as well. And so there were there were definitely pieces in place. And so I didn't have to build everything from the ground up, but really just looking for places to optimize things. And so again, the first thing I noticed was just like meeting set, and then also just making sure that activity was being tracked. And then also uh, just opportunities being created when they needed to be at that time. And then as we evolved, when we were creating opportunities at the right time, then creating validation rules just to make sure that all the right data was being captured so that our VP of sales could accurately forecast. Makes total sense. So would I be accurate in saying then that 2020 or the work did in 2020 was almost like building the foundation these things needed to be in place? Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, the foundation really for accelerated growth in 2021. Is that yes. the yes. is that a good summary? Yes, definitely. 
awesome. And now in 2021, you're also going to have extended over, well, influence in the revenue function to ensure mm-hmm. that every, all the good work that you have been doing in sales is replicated and consistent between marketing and customer service. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Have you guys set priorities for 2021 already or is that coming later? So a lot of our priorities have been set. And really, again, the first priority is really about, again, just like the governance of all these processes. And so when we were going through our strategic planning this year, we really went through and just like mapped out like every possible process, we call them machines that we are responsible for. And this is actually a company-wide initiative so that there was just visibility into all the moving parts. And so I, it's a crazy long document. It's like 22 pages long, but it was really helpful for me to go back and look at all of the things that we had built. And then really just assign like, okay, who's responsible for each of these things to pay attention to each of them? Because you put all of this work into building things and sometimes you can set and forget and then move on. And then you forget something might need some maintenance along the way. And so I always have like a quote unquote, like a, uh, it's just like a, a plan or like manufacturing, um, just analogy in my mind all the time. Like you don't just make a machine and just forget about it. like you have people who are monitoring the line and making sure there's quality along the way. And so um, we really, really heavily rely on Jira, where I have like my next six months of sprints planned out, where I have quote unquote like our maintenance tasks that are all built in there. I mean they're they're very detailed, and sometimes you've got two or three of the same ticket on each sprint. But that's just like how important it is to pay attention to all of these things along the way that you've built, and then from there like maintenance is always a priority always 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 and then that's when we carve in time for any of our new builds that we're going to be doing and are you able to share any of the new things that you that you might be building in 2021 yeah so they might seem basic but um the 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 most basic things like just like salesforce like salesforce profiles and and roles are things that we need to be building so that we can have the right um just like the right reps and the right things so that it's not so busy for them on, on the records. And then again, building out Marketo, making sure that we have a lot of that built too, uh, but just having like what we call like nurture 2.0 so that when we have all of our inbound leads that are, that are in the system, that they're getting the right messaging at the right time. Awesome. The trend or, or, or the shift in your role um, to broaden out over the revenue function, was that driven by you or was that driven by the business or both? Um, I'm, I'm sure a little bit of both. Um, my boss, who is the chief revenue officer, um, came to me and said, Hey, I, I think that we want to broaden the scope of this. Um, actually, no, that's not right. Um, it was actually the, the VP of marketing who said, Hey, we're going to be bringing in this marketing ops person and we want to have that person roll up under Crystal in her role because why wouldn't the like all of the like the quote unquote tools where they intersect like why wouldn't that be under one person and so when we started thinking about this this job it was hey it makes sense for crystal to manage this person and then it kind of went from it kind of like uh just fanned out from there so if i'm managing the marketing ops and sales ops then i eventually will be also managing the customer ops as well, which I think eventually we'll have a person for that. But right now it's really just like, it's literally like the same process all over again. Like, let's see what we can build. And then eventually we'll have somebody monitor that stuff. Yeah. What do you think? And this is quite a a wide question. So forgive me if it's too wide. What do you think will be the big challenges for sales or revenue ops functions 
going through 2021 and then moving into 2022? Um, yeah, I think it's definitely a, a broad question, but I think that like the initial thing that catalogs in my mind is really just about the, just like we've already transitioned to work from home and then there might be a transition back and not. And so it's really just like having that forward thought of how can we make like sales operations, revenue operations, uh, just consistent with wherever people are working, whether they're at home or they're in the office or back and forth. So just putting like those, again, those repeatable processes in place that will not change whether they're at home or they're in the office themselves. Like I think about when we made the transition from, uh, from working in the office to working from home was that I obviously didn't have my I, her name's Jen, um, who I work very closely with. She's also on my team. And um, we sat right next to each other. So it was just so easy to say, hey, can you get this done? Hey, what, what are you working on today? But when we transitioned, the we had to rely more heavily on JIRA so that we can stay on the same page and, and, and lockstep. And so like that, for example, is something that like was a, was a benefit here, but it will definitely take with us if we go back to the office. It's a very good point. The, the importance of having somewhere shared where you can track, not track what other people are doing, but where you can almost update this the state of things when you're not just sat next to someone. And I haven't really thought about it that way, but I guess Jira is a very good tool for that. I think here we use, I guess, Trello yeah. probably more for that purpose, but I totally agree. And yeah, of course, if, if the people who you are responsible for making productive are moving uh, between the house and the office, then obviously that's going to have an impact on, on your role. Do you think that you guys effectively managed that transition to to remote work? And if yes, what did you do that you think worked? Yeah, I think that on some level, we were not in a super unique position, but a majority of our sales team is already remote. And so we have people in just different territories uh, in the United States. And so that, that made it obviously a little bit more easy for us because we were already doing it for the most part. Um, so I will say that we probably had an easier transition than most companies who had to like start from scratch in that in that respect. Yeah, it's funny actually. I because I've asked that question to quite a few sales people, and more than half said that actually, yeah, we were pretty much remote anyway. So it seems like sales uh, by by its nature was a bit ahead of the curve there. Awesome. So now coming to the close of the the episode, who in the world of sales or revenue operations would you most like to take for lunch? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And and I think about that. I think about the people that like I follow on LinkedIn that are really captivating to me. Um, so one person that comes to mind is um, just somebody... I'm sure you've heard of him, maybe um, Taft Love. He had a similar career trajectory as I did. So he started out in sales development management and then has made his way into revenue operations and sales operations. And so I have I found some really great resources of his that I'm like, wow, like I would just love to just like sit down, like really just like talk through this stuff with you and just better understand like your thought process and how you got to the like to really take stuff to the next level because, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty early in my career and, you know, wherever he is, I'm like, okay, how do I get there like faster? And I think I would, I could do that if I talked to him more. Yeah. So we've actually had people, guests of the show get connected to the people they, they, they answered to this question because we will sometimes we'll reach out to them and say, Hey, X, you were mentioned in this episode and we have had guests connect because of this. So, um, I'll, I'll ask for your permission after this whether you want us to do that because maybe you don't want us to reach out. But um, that sounds like someone 
Um, we, I actually haven't heard of him before. So potentially we'll ask him to come on the show as well. But yeah, yeah. that makes total sense. Yeah, um, that's great. Crystal, thank you for coming on and being so, I guess, open about Capacity's current, uh, the state of the sales operations is super exciting to see your role broaden into 2021. And actually, maybe we should have you on in a year so we can summarize what it's like to transition from sales to revenue operations um, over a 12-month period. So how does that sound? Yeah, I'd love that. Amazing. Crystal, thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified Podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.